Allie. Hey, Julie. Welcome to the Rise for Educators podcast, the podcast where we share research-based tools that relate to empowerment, self-care, and all things education. Each week, we discuss the Rise system, a model we created to make it easy to identify which self-care tools are the best for you. We also talk about the ladder, a tool that connects the dots between your mind and your body. I'm Julie. And I'm Holly. We are instructional coaches and sister-in-laws who decided to take our conversations about these ideas out of the corner of our family gatherings and put them into a podcast. Welcome to episode 24. Our topics for today are the value of frontimacy, the friendship triangle, and a friendship tune-up tool. Um, hey, Hal, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Um, I kind of have my check-in is just to say thank you to a few people that are supporting us with our podcast. One person is Krista, who is an amazing uh, stylist who's been doing my hair for a while. And um, I got my hair cut this week, which was nice. And she had mentioned that she kind of had had a stressful day and that she remembered that, oh, I get to listen to Julian Holly's podcast on my way home. And that that kind of was like relaxing to her. And that was just such a huge boost because, you know, sometimes we do these podcasts and it's like, ah, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you feel like you hope it's like people are enjoying it or, or it's helping people and reaching people. And then when someone says something like that, it just gave me a boost. It's like, wow, that's yeah. awesome. That it does make a big me. difference. I know, you know, we've talked about that a little bit. Like, you know, we have some friends that text us or every once in a while we get an email on our rise account and it's like yeah that really makes a difference so I have a few friends that do that too and I really appreciate it it is yeah so that was a really a big boost so thank you and um Dave Burgess who we had interviewed who was the you know the author of Teach Like a Pirate and all of and that and owns a publishing company and he's amazing and it what was really awesome is that obviously he has done lots of interviews and he's a really busy guy with a lot going on and that he took the time, you know, after we had the interview with him to um, kind of promote us on Twitter. And I think he put us on his Instagram story. Um, and that was just another kind of a boost like that, you know, that he would take the time to do that. So that was really cool. Also, another boost was Barbara Gruner, who we um, had interviewed um, about a month ago and she's just really sweet and positive. And she had messaged us about how much she's enjoying our podcast and that she's kind of actually been trying some of the, um, the couch potato breathing that we talked about and that she was kind of interested in the latter, which um, I was like, well, that's super cool. And I let her know that the latter analogy came from a podcast that we had heard, or you had heard Holly a while back and shared with me um, by Justin Sinceri. And it was called the polyvagal podcast, but he's switched the name to stuck, not broken. And he talks about the latter and um, we learned about that and just thought it was awesome. So we are now going to be interviewing Justin. <laughs> we're super excited. About so interviewing excited. Justin, yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'm so like, sometimes in life, it's like life goes along and then you get little boosts and it's like, if you can just connect those little boosts, it just kind of keeps you going. So, yeah. Yeah. so I'm just kind of excited. Yeah. I'm kind of excited and nervous. Yeah, I get really nervous for interviews. For the interviews because they're a little <laughs> bit more like you have to be a little bit more responsive. You know, yes. the episodes we kind of plan out, we're like, oh, we're kind of old hat at that. Like we enjoy them. You and I, you know, we've known each other forever. and We kind of have this chemistry between us. 
um, that goes deeper than just the podcast. Um, but when you have somebody else that's kind of like included in the mix, it's, it's a different dynamic, but um, I kind of agree with you, you know, like we've had this whole series of people from Ashley, who was our first interview mm-hmm. to Eric, to Barbara, to um, Dave. And it's like each person we've learned a little bit from. And I think that's just kind of like an analogy of life. Like if you can learn, like Mm -hmm. learn a little bit from each person and, and recognize the kindness in people like that um, and how it's really uplifted us. So like now we've talked about uh, how we can inspire other people, you know, how we can kind of pay it forward and pass that on. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. it's kind of what it's about. about. Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, so how are you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I feel like things are evening out a little bit with the year. I mean, it's still kind of crazy. We've got kids coming back, um, kindergartners and our, uh, some of our, uh, special needs students are coming back on Monday. Oh, awesome. Like a whole new adventure. I can't wait. I'm super excited to see them. And, you know, I think there, there's a whole host of, uh, routines that we've got to put in place. And I, I like that my district's doing this slow rollout. I think it's a really Mm -hmm. smart idea. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to kind of, I think the kids energy in the building is going to be a whole different thing. So, um, yeah, so stay tuned. We'll talk about how that goes. Yeah. Um, so this week I was really excited because, um, you know, I have a few podcasts that I subscribe to a few, several. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I have one, like a hundred. I, I know. If you're like, keep scrolling, scrolling, scrolling through. Well, so did all. you see that, um, the happiness lab came out with a podcast? I don't know if you oh. saw it, but um, Lori Santos does the Happiness Lab, and I know we both enjoy her. Uh, oh, yes. I've listened to many of her episodes a while back. Yes. And she's been on a little bit of a hiatus. And, you know, she's a oh, university professor, right? Yeah. So I'm sure she's pretty busy, like we've all been at this time. You know, there's been a, like a little scrambling involved. So I think she probably just took a little hiatus. And she's got a whole production crew. So, you know, that's a different story. But um she came out with her first in what she called a mini series that she's going to do. But just like seeing that icon, the, that podcast icon on my phone, I was like, oh, I love her. So I couldn't wait. Um, and it was like amazing because it's just kind of what we're talking about today. Um, so she had the her current episode is about Aristotle and his take on friendship and the value of friendship and um it just, I think what's so interesting is that Aristotle was alive 2,500 years ago and he was a philosopher in ancient Greece. And he is talking about things that are basically what we call positive psychology today. Um, so it just cracks me up because it's like, oh, all, everything that we're talking about has been yeah. talked about in some way, you know, at a distant point in history, it's just like a new take on it or new, new language or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, like what comes around goes around. Yeah. 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 Um, So he discriminated between two kinds of happiness. He said there's hedonistic happiness, which is kind of like Hmm. in the moment, you know, you're out for a fun night, kind of that kind of happiness. And this eudaimonia, I think I'm totally butchered that, but um, this is like your thriving and lasting happiness. So that's what we talk about. Like, how do you create this thriving and lasting happiness? Mm -hmm. Um, And he talked about how it requires both skill and practice. And that's what I was like, Oh, that's what we do each week. Like, you know, what's the skill, what's the research say about it. And then what's the tool that you can use to practice. Um, so he says like, if you want to be brave, you have to practice being brave. And through that practice, you become more brave, which makes sense. Kind of like, um, but what I thought was funny is, uh, 
Lori Sanchez says like, oh, that reminds me of the analogy that so, uh, Sonia Lubomirsky, who did that, the whole, um, she's like the 80 or what? No, she's a 50, 40, 10 analogy, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Like the happiness effect, like how much are you in control of? But she talked about like, if you learn to play the violin or to learn to play the violin, you've got to practice. And that's the same with happiness. And he's, mm-hmm. um, so Lori says, oh, are the the person she interviews says oh well that's very similar to one of his analogies but he uses the word harp and I was like oh see (laughs) that's like very you know like yeah we've all Mm -hmm. kind of heard these ideas before but um just kind of in in a new take so Mm -hmm. um during one of his big philosophical books on chapters eight nine he really focuses on this topic of friendship and he says the young need friendship to keep them from error to kind of like learn about the world what's appropriate what's not Mm-hmm. the old name friendship to support them in moments of weakness hmm. and those in their prime need friendship to do fine actions because it's through the understanding of life through their friends helps them make better decisions. Hmm, that's true. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And he, he kind of discriminated between kinds of friendship. So that's like, you know, why you need friendship in different ages, but kinds of friendships are utility friendships. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that barter, like, you know, I get this from you, you get this from me. Um, there are pleasure friendships, you know, like I just have plain fun with you when I'm with you. Mm-hmm. But then he talks about the friendships that really propel us into lifelong happiness are these friendships of mutual appreciation. And he says the first two are kind of accidental, shallow friendships, but the last one makes you not only have a better friendship, but be a better person and is more lasting. Mm-hmm. He says that a friend is like a second self. So we should try to find friends who support us in achieving the virtuous qualities that you desire. And then um, this is kind of like in our current world where, you know, we have like James Clear, uh, Melissa Urban, like all these habit specialists. Yeah. They all kind of talk about that surrounding yourself with people who are, you know, have the qualities that you want to obtain. And that's the mm-hmm. most likely way because you'll use your mirror neurons and um, kind of mirror what they're doing. Um, so it's like kind of surround yourself by friends who are committed to things that are important to your deep core values. And uh, Lori talks about going on a strength date, which kind of means like, okay, you and I had this conversation, like we both want to get better at fill in the blank, like not gossiping as much or whatever it is. And Uh, We're going to have a whole conversation. We're going to work on this together. So it's what I thought was interesting about that was like the intentionality of it. Like, yeah, that's exactly what, what, as you're saying all this, I'm like, it's just a matter of like stepping back and being intentional about how you're spending your time and who you're spending it with and what you want to work on as a person. And, you know, yeah, yeah. It just, it's just, yeah. Making those choices. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it Hmm. doesn't always come easy, like any of this you know, whether it's like controlling your emotions, like we're talking about, or, you know, developing a deeper friendship, like it's all, it's like, we want that end result, but it's so often, like, especially in our society today, but I think that's very human to just want the result right now, but not understanding or not putting in the time to get to it. I think that's the, um, that's the key. Right. Yeah. And we're also busy and running around and living in a culture of busyness that, it's sort of counterintuitive to stop and think about these kind of things that we're talking about. Sometimes yeah. it almost seems selfish. I think you think like, yeah. I'm going to sit down and write out my values and yeah. tape my mouth shut and do this breathing. Right. <laughs> and, and now I'm going to think about my friendships, but really it's like, 
self-care isn't selfish, you know, no. it just, it, and it, it can affect, you know, it affects your life and those around you. And I think sometimes it also, you know, I think sometimes it feels inauthentic, like, oh, it should just come naturally. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, when you look at people that are good at things in their life, most of the time, it didn't just happen. You know, there's usually yeah. work that went into it. So like looking at self-care in that way, that it's not self-indulgent, but it, right. you know, it requires that time. So, yeah. So it was like, oh, perfect episode for um, it just, yeah. So many times I crack up because so many times I listen to the happiness lab and I'm like, Ooh, I think we're on the same wavelength because she's talking about a topic that we're also talking about. So Hmm, I'll have to listen. I haven't listened to that one in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So this is the third week of our rise challenge for helping to regulate emotions. And the first challenge was the R for resetting the body through couch potato breathing. And week two's challenge was the I for using your inner voice to identify your values and using the values funnel in your life. So this week, our challenge is the S and rise for strengthening your social connections by deepening your friendships. So friendships impact your health, your happiness, and your success in life. How loved and supported do you feel? The response to that question determines your health and wellness more than almost any other factor, including smoking 15 cigarettes a day and being obese. That's crazy. Strengthen. I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> smoke cigarettes. Maybe we should say vaping. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Be current. Um, yeah. So strengthening your social connections and especially your close friendships can help you regulate your emotions and keep you in the green on the ladder of your nervous system feeling safe and social. Yeah. And there's this Ted talk by Shasta Nielsen um, that was actually called Frontimacy, the three requirements of all healthy friendships. And it's super smart. Um, She talks about what it takes to be really connected with your friends. And um, she explains that her research is based on this culmination of friendship research and that for a true friendship to form and flourish, you need a balance of these three qualities. So it's positivity, consistency and vulnerability. And she calls that the friendship triangle. And she says that once you have that intact and each piece is at a strong level, that it increases your intimacy around among your friends, which is what she calls frontimacy. Um, so let's take a look at the research for each of these uh, frontimacy areas of the triangle and how they impact our friendships. So the first part of the friendship triangle is number one is positivity. Positivity makes a friendship satisfying. And she suggests in this research a five to one ratio so that you should fill your friendship bucket with five positive behaviors for every one withdrawal you make. Yeah. I think that really makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking it does. Yeah. It. And you I don't know think about like how like... much you're complaining or like, right, right, <laughs> right. You know, if you're with a friend and you're constantly complaining or you're always kind of needing help or help, you know, asking yeah. for them to help you problem solve, just maybe being aware of that, that, you know, that it needs to be a give and take because pretty soon that person isn't going to want to hang out with you anymore because they're going to be exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is yeah. wearing. Right, right, right. And I don't know that it always has to be five in a row, you know, like I think we go yeah, through yeah. different moments in our life where you might, you know 
but but that's good to keep in mind like hey i might have a moment down the line where i'm gonna have to recoup those mm-hmm. you know the the withdrawals so um, yeah. putting a lot of positivity in yeah and there's tons of research to support the power of positive friendships um one of the really interesting studies was this framingham heart study um, this was like a long-term study and it looked at a bunch of different qualities in this group of almost 5,000 people in this town of Framingham, Pennsylvania. Um, so the, the more recent part of it looked at it over a period of 20 years and they kind of looked into people's happiness. They gave them surveys, these um, depression oriented surveys, and that they found out that when an individual becomes happy, their friends are more likely to become happy. But even the friends of their friends can catch this happiness. It's like this chain Mm -hmm. reaction. Um, And even if those people don't know each other at all, they get this boost. Um, Mm -hmm. So like the research kind of showed, if you get happy, your friend is likely to get, uh, or is 34% likely to get a happiness boost. And your friend's friend is 10% likely to get a happiness boost from your happiness and your friend's friend's friend is likely to get a 5.6% boost. So it's like a third degree chain reaction. That's really amazing. I like that. So it's like emotional contagion. Yeah. Emotional contagion on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why is this? Um, humans are wired to be social beings. There are many studies that show how we sync up with people when we're together with our brain waves or our body gestures, we mimic each other. So when we're happy, we're apt to show certain facial structures, wide eyes, a really genuine smile, um, or we're smiling with our eyes. And we also fall into more regular breathing patterns. All of these things are transmitted to people around us who then emit those feelings to their friends. And that's how the contagious uh, happiness ripple works. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, who are my friends? Are they happy? And, Mm -hmm. you know, like if they're happy, then they can transmit their happiness onto me and then vice versa. So that's where that positivity um, comes in. All right. The second part of her triangle is the consistency. So consistency in a friendship makes you feel safe um, because you just have that long-term exposure to somebody. So how long does it actually take to develop a friendship? There was a study out of the University of Kansas that showed that different layers of friendship required different amounts of time. So to go from like an acquaintance to a casual friend, it takes about 50 hours. To go from a casual friend to friend, it takes about 90 hours. And to go from a friend to a best friend, it takes nearly 200 hours. So it doesn't mean every person that you spend that time with is going to become your best friend. You know, in fact, he talked about how there's really a limit. We kind of have this capacity to be really good friends with up to five to six people. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course there needs to be chemistry there too. So if you want to deepen your friendships, one thing you might consider is creating more opportunities to spend time with someone. Have you ever had a friend that you saw often, but then due to life circumstances, you were naturally spending less time together? 80% of long-term friendship success is based on one or more partners reaching out to maintain somewhat of a consistent connection. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, you know, because sometimes you have these friendships of convenience. You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, you naturally accumulate these hours because you work with the person or you live geographically close to them. Um, And 
you know, but what happens when somebody moves away? And I think that's the sign of the true friendship. Mm -hmm. But I think that is true. It really takes at least one of the people to kind of have that staying power um, that's, you know, does reach out and continues that consistency. Yeah. And in teaching, a lot of us are transferred to different schools here and there. I know I had my really good friend, Lisa, who um, ended up moving to another school and we do maintain our connection using the Voxer app, the microphone app, <laughs> which I love. I know you I think I mentioned that here before because yeah. I know like a lot of people I yeah. mentioned to, most people really do not like it. So I'm always yeah. like, you got to try this. And then they're like, eh, I don't know. Holly, I know you don't like it. I don't know why, but I love Voxer, Voxer, Voxer. Um, so Lisa and I communicate. She's my only uh, friendship that I communicate with on Voxer, but we really stay connected that way. And that's yeah. kind of when I was you know, thinking about this episode, I'm like, yeah, but we very intentionally enjoy each other's company. Yeah. And um, so we make an effort to um, consistently connect uh, yeah. via the Voxer app. Yeah. And you I know, highly, it's funny I highly recommend it. The Voxer app. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was laughing because, you know, as I was looking through this, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I think it's not always easy. Like we all live in these busy worlds, you know, but um, I just had a friend, my friend Kim that moved to a different school, same, same kind of situation where it's like, oh, I really value her friendship. And I loved like, that's one of the things I look forward to at school is like just seeing her on a daily basis. But now, she's at a different school. So it was, we just had kind of this like friendship conversation where I was like, okay, still, I really, really value you. And like, we need to find time to, you know, still either see each other or talk to each other. So, but it's right. that well, intentionality. And now, like half my staff at my school is not coming into school. So, yes. you know, just, we're not physically seeing people. So that yeah. is like, hmm. Um, and how many people can you realistically maintain a, a genuine connection with? Right. Um, you know, I mean, it's different when you go to work and you see people every day and you see your neighbors, but outside of that, like you really have to think, you know, um, be intentional about who you want to maintain a consistent connection with. Yeah. Um, yeah. and be intentional about that. Yeah. Yeah. So the third part, the last part of the triangle is vulnerability. Brene Brown describes vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, and explains that vulnerability is at the core of the heart, the center of meaningful human experiences. Yeah, this vulnerability study is like, I always think about Brene Brown um, when I think about vulnerability. Yeah, she's like vulnerability queen. Right, right, right. And her research is like more recent. Um, But in 1997, this guy named Arthur Aaron, who's a social psychologist from Stony Brook University, um, conducted a really interesting study on social connectedness and vulnerability, where his team paired up students who were strangers. And the students were given 45 minutes to ask each other a series of prepared questions. So half the pairs were given questions that were just kind of factual, shallow, like, hey, what's your favorite holiday or what's your favorite TV show? And the Mm -hmm. other half were given questions that started as factual, but then gradually became deeper, Um, like deeper as far as the role of love in their lives or the last time they cried in front of someone else. So Mm -hmm. questions that kind of got at that vulnerability. And the final question was, of all the people in your family, whose death would you find the most disturbing? So I'm thinking that is a really deep question. It when is. I read that I was like, huh? Yeah. 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 That's really that's, true. That's an intense question. It I is. I have to think about that. Very one. hard yeah. to answer. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But after the 45 wow. minutes, Aaron's team asked the participants to rate how close they felt to their partner. So not surprisingly, the um, pairs from the second group formed much deeper bonds. Um, but in fact, many of these participants actually 
maintain their bond, even though they had been strangers, mm-hmm. and form these lasting friendships. And in one version of the study or the experiment, two of the participants even got engaged a few months after after the study. So, you know, you meet your love, love of your life in the strangest places, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. So Aaron's team also surveyed a broad selection of students that were not involved with the experiment and asked them to rate how close they felt to the closest person in their life. Aaron then compared these scores with the ratings of the study participants who had asked each other these deeper questions. And amazingly, the intensity of their bonds at the end of the experiment rated closer than the closest relationships in the lives of 30% of the students with existing friendships that were not part of the experiment. Wow. Hmm. So a 45 minute conversation was able to create a connection that was perceived as closer than the closest connection with some people that with people that they had known for years. Yeah. And had identified already as friends. Mm -hmm. So like, to me, that just speaks to the power of these powerful questions and how they can lead to this vulnerability about like revealing something to yourself about yourself that you might not normal normally, you know, reveal in your relationships with your existing friends. Like maybe those have a tendency to stay on the more like hedonistic level of like, Oh, we just have fun together, which I think there's definitely a place for that. But um, Hmm. I think what's interesting is like maybe considering asking, you know, your friends going a little deeper with your friends to get to this vulnerable level level, um, kind of I'm not sure I up. would ask of all the people in your family whose death would you find the most <laughs> disturbing. Know, that I might would not probably be not recommend either. starting with that. <laughs> That's like so sad. I know. But and I it's know. interesting that I mean when you have a study, these are people that have volunteered. I mean, who knows yeah. what they thought they were getting to. But that that is kind of an unnatural, obviously, totally unnatural to sit with a stranger. And, you know, talk about um, the love in your lives or the last time you cried. So that's interesting because those are not like things that naturally come up. Right. Um, But kind of some food for thought in terms of deepening your relationships um, with people that you really enjoy being with and, and yeah. feel connected with. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it isn't thought. that 45 minutes of, you know, oh, it was 45 these... minutes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Not 45 minutes of like, you know, rapid fire, deep questions but you know maybe it's just that idea of like a little touch of that now and then of like hey like you know let's go there um right and and i think that's the deepening and sometimes if you sometimes there's like some random person that you end up having this experience with that can really bond you you know i had um this was like years ago i was at the um pool at the swimming pool over the summer with my kids it was probably i don't even know 10 15 years ago and there was a girl there who was an acquaintance and she was pregnant. Well, she ended up going into labor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I, yeah. And, um, I, you know, didn't really know her very well, but I'm an over caretaker. So of course I was like, I think she was like having like pains down her legs, which I've always had that, um, mm. when I'm like in labor. Um, and she was like, I'm not sure what's going on. I have these pains on my legs. And I, I think I was like in the locker room with her, like, oh my gosh, you need to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, and she's like, you think so? I was like, yes, you absolutely need to go home. And she's like, okay, I'm going to call my husband. And I think she was like, okay, I'm going to, maybe I'll stop at the grocery store. Cause you know, when you're gonna have a baby, you just want everything. You start like getting into that nesting mode. Anyway, she ends up having the baby and, um, 
I'm not close friends with her, but every time, like for years and I'd see her, she'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you told me to go home. (laughs) Like we have like kind of created this experience together, which is, I think another, you know, when you have experiences with people, um, but in order to have experiences with people, you need to maintain your relationship and see them and, and be vulnerable. Like she was vulnerable. Yeah. I was vulnerable yeah. to, you know, butt into her business. <laughs> right. So anyway, so, um, that leads us to our tool for the week, which is, uh, the triangle of friendship tool. So examine your friendship patterns based on the triangle of friendship. Number one, do a positivity check. Is your positive input to withdrawal rate at least five to one? Number two, do a consistency check. Are you putting in the time to form and maintain your relationship, your friendship? And number three, do a vulnerability check. Is your friendship a safe place where you can reveal emotional pieces of yourself and your friends can do the same? If one of your areas falls short, you know it's time to do a friendship triangle tune-up. It's worthwhile to put in the time to strengthen your friendships because your social connectedness not only will help you regulate your emotions, but it will also play a large part in your long-term health and well-being. Yeah. So I think the challenge for this week is pick a friendship that you want to strengthen and use the friendship triangle to examine which area most needs a tune-up and try the strategies that we talked about. As always, we believe all tools are most powerful and personalized, so make it your own. This week is all about deepening your friendships. Let us know how this uh, friendship triangle tool worked for you. You can contact us via email at riseforeducators at gmail. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at riseforeducators. And we look really forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next Monday for our next episode of Rise for Educators. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.